Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here today. Today is a very special day in our church. Today is Youth Sunday. Uh, You are here today and our youth will be leading us in worship. And so we very much look forward to uh, the many youth who are here and who will have different parts in leading us in worship today. We are glad that you're here. Uh, If you received a bulletin on your way in, we would invite you to take a look at that. There are plenty of dates and announcements and things for you to be aware of on the inside and the back of the bulletin. And I uh, want to draw your attention to those things. There is also a tear-out that is attached to the bulletin. If you are a guest, we are very glad that you are here with us today, uh, that you have chosen to worship with us. We would invite you to take that tear-out and to tear it out of your bulletin and to fill out the information that's on the front side of that tear-out and to place it in the offering plate as it goes by later in our service. On the back of that tear out, there is a spot for prayer requests. If you have something that you would like a member of our church staff or other members of our church to be in prayer for you, uh, we would invite you to fill that out and to place it in the offering plate as well. We are so glad that you are here with us on this special Sunday. Uh, We pray that our youth would feel the presence and the spirit of God as they lead and that we would all feel the presence of God today through worship. By now they'd fall But you have never filled me
Please join me in listening to the call to worship. Grace to you and peace from God and our Lord Jesus Christ. We gather to worship with joy and not fear. For by the power of God's love, we have been reconciled to God. By grace, we have been saved by faith. And this is not our own doing, it is a gift from God. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. Let us worship our God who has brought us peace and given us life. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this beautiful day you have given us. Thank you for bringing us all together, and please bless each person in their own individual way. Please protect the people on their Guatemalan mission trip. And I pray that this day will bring honor and glory to you. Amen. Who the is a lamb of God. Huh? 
This time we'd ask if there's any children to come down for a lesson on the steps. All right, um, so oh, I'll just yeah. share it with y'all. Um, hey, Georgia. <laughs> so, uh, I'm JT, this is my friend Casey. And uh, today um, we're gonna talk a little bit about God's grace and we just wanted to share it with you and the rest of the congregation a little bit. So, um, uh, we want to start out reading a verse from James, and Casey's going to read that because I don't know how to read real well. James 4, 6, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. And then this one, I believe, is from Ephesians. I think Logan read it earlier, but we'll just read that again. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in, with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. All right, so when I was thinking about God's grace, um, I like to use metaphors. And a metaphor, uh, if you remember in school, is comparison, two a comparison of two things. I'm surprised I remembered that. So when I think of God's grace, I thought of an old toy from my childhood. And I'm from the 90s, 99, so. <laughs> so basically the 90s. So I'm uh, certified to use one of these things. And this is a yo-yo. And uh, so it's kind of fancy looking. But <laughs> yeah. So, um, and I like to, I think it makes a good parallel between God's grace with us. So I like to think of my hand as God. Not that I'm anywhere close to that, but I got you. I'll show you in just a second. Um, and I like to think of the actual part here as us. That's what you just. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so then the string connecting us to God is God's grace. So this string represents God's grace. Where did grace. you got that? Uh, I got it on eBay. <laughs> it was on sale. <laughs> Maybe eight, uh, eBay? eBay. It, it, it's in my home. <laughs> well, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I like to think when we fall, God picks us back up with his grace. And no matter what, we always return to him through this string. That's his grace. And um, let's see. And even when we run, he's always picks us back up. So you can run all the way over here, but we always come back to him. We try. All right. <laughs> you put that on your finger. <laughs> okay, you're getting there. <laughs> um, hey, we're back up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually we got one for you. Can I, can I take this home? Uh, you can take this one. This one lights up when you throw it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here, you can actually pick what color you want, too. If you'd rather have a different color. There's a purple. 
All right. Can I get that one back in your left hand? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh, still connected. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's also when we do something bad, like say something mean to somebody or your parents or a friend, um, God can catch us with His grace. Like that. <laughs> is that yours? <laughs> it is. I practiced that last night. Um, or even if we go in circles around him, he doesn't let us go. And even when we, we're lost and we don't really understand what he's doing with our lives, and it, you can't even see what's going on in front of you, he finds us through his grace. So, I gave you that yo-yo, and now, by next week, you have to be a professional with it. That's the only rule. Can I bring this to church one day? You sure can. You sure can. <laughs> you just have to remember that it symbolizes God's grace. <laughs> and a lot of fun, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, well, uh, I just want to end with a prayer. And <laughs> uh, so I just wanted to pray real quick. All right, dear God, we just want to thank you today for your grace that you give us, even though it's not always deserved. And we want to remember that you're with us and you love us in our highest highs and during our lowest lows. And that your grace is stronger than anything we can imagine. And more importantly than that, it's never ending. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, JT and Casey Joe. Before we pray together this morning, we want to, of course, remember in prayer the group from our church that is in Guatemala. Uh, in your bulletin, you can see a list of people uh, who are in Guatemala. Um, and so we want to continue to remember them in our prayers. We have heard that they are there, that things are going well. Um, and so we want to continue to pray for their safety and to pray that God would use them uh, around the globe to share the gospel this week as they're in Guatemala. We're excited next week on Sunday morning to have Jeremiah Hamby. Jeremiah will be preaching next Sunday morning, and so Jeremiah, we look forward uh, to having you up here and uh, preaching next Sunday during worship. You may be here today with much that is on your mind, with things that weigh on your heart, and I want to give each person that's here today just a moment to pray to yourself, to reflect, to speak or interact or experience God in whatever way that that looks like for you. So I'm gonna give everyone just a moment to sit in silence and to pray, and then I will close us in a word of prayer this morning. God, we come to you today with distractions and for many, we come with hurt and pain. But God, we rest 
In your presence, we rest in your grace. Lord, I pray that this hour of worship, this time where we can be together with a church family, where we can meet new people and have new conversations and experience new things, I pray that this time together this morning is a time where we find healing, where we find peace, where we find community with others. We pray for these youth. God, you have blessed this church and this congregation with students, with teenagers, with leaders, with amazing people who have passion and love for you and for this church and for each other. God, we're grateful for what these youth bring to our church now. I pray for those who will be speaking and singing and reading and, and, and different things through the rest of this service. I pray that you would calm their nerves and their anxieties, that you would give them strength and courage. And God, above all, I pray that in everything that we say and do today during worship, that we would glorify your name and lift you up, not to lift up these youth or to lift up our youth group and to show the things that we've done, but God, I pray that we would lift up your name in this time. We pray that our week ahead would be one where we live as the people that you've called us to be, that we may love you and love others more than we love ourselves. We pray that our worship would be meaningful and that we would bring praise to you in this time. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Um, this next song that we are going to do is called Reckless Love. Hopefully most of you know it or have heard it on the radio, but if not, they will be on the screens. So if you're able, would you please stand and worship with me?
if you'll please bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we come before you this morning with a giving heart. We don't give because you make us. We don't give because anyone else is watching. We give because you are an abundant God who has out of your great mercy given us so much. We give these tithes and offerings today in hopes of furthering your kingdom and your glory. Thank you for the many blessings you so generously provide. We love you, we praise you, and in everything that we do, we glorify you. In your name we pray, amen. Hebrews 11, 1 through 3. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Good morning. I'm sure most of you know my name is Clay Bryson, but... I'm up here today with the job to share a sermon of some type, I guess, even though my grandparents are sitting in the front row for no reason, and I know at the end they're going to cry, and so I wore a really dark shirt so I can hide the tears, but I'm going to do it anyway, despite the fact that I'm being there, but 
Alan asked me to do this, Alan and Mary, over lunch a couple weeks ago, and speaking something that never really bugged me, but I couldn't help but think that God may have planned this in my life a lot longer than I actually thought he did, because I started thinking about what kind of message I wanted to say and this and that, and then I realized it's not really what I want to say, but God's put something on my heart for really the whole summer that was meant to be said, and it was just about faith and something I've kind of realized and gone through. It's just a season of change, and I'm the person Jason Hammer says is a fuddy-dud. I don't like to change. I like to stick in my own ways. So that's pretty hard for me to, you know, just, you know, try to go off to college somewhere, lose friends, and this and that. So, but growing up in the church, I always knew I had my faith. My faith could get me through it all. But I used to think faith was this big word. It's bulletproof. I mean, it's what, it's what Christianity is found on. But then after a while, I kind of realized my faith is it's pretty tattered. It's not the big, magical thing we make it out to be. So I'm happy to be here today, and I'm really glad that God has put this message on my heart. So without further ado, I'm going to try to get into it. But So the first thing I did, I said, what, what is faith? I really didn't have a definition for faith. I mean, it's just, it's how I communicate with God. It's how these things work. And so I Googled it, and there's two definitions for faith. The first one is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And the second definition I caught just right below, it says strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And that last part, rather than proof, that kind of got under my skin a little bit, you know. Like, we like to think just because we believe in God and we have faith, that's proof enough for everybody. And so this kind of reminded me of a story that happened back at Daytona, and I promise it ties in. It probably won't seem like it. But the first night, it was me, JT, and Aaron in a room, and me and Aaron shared a bed because we've known each other for a long time. It was no big deal. And so we were about to go to sleep that night, and I'm looking at Aaron, and he's got the covers all the way up to his nose. I mean, I can't see any part of his skin. And I said, Aaron, what are you doing? He said, I'm protecting myself from the monsters and the boogeyman. I don't want them to get me. <laughs> and so I said, well, how's that going to work? He said, well, this bed's going to protect me from the darkness and the boogie monster underneath. And so I just I could not shake that all That was just the funniest thing I've heard. But Aaron had this faith, this false faith that the bed was going to protect him from the boogie monster and the darkness. So I couldn't help but see a parallel between Aaron's faith in that bed and my faith in God. Because my faith in God has plenty of holes in it and it's not 100% bulletproof. So I came up with three theories. I said, well, is my faith really bulletproof like it says? Well, number one, my faith is blind. So there's strike one. I don't have just I can't just bring Jesus up right here and say, here, he's right here, this is what I believe in. And number two, our faith is believing before what only will make sense after the fact. My faith only comes into play when I'm in heaven, not necessarily right now. So that's strike two. And then the biggest one, the third one, my faith has doubts and disbeliefs at least eight times a day, honestly. And so at that point, I know I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, what is my faith? Has my faith failed? I mean, it's not bulletproof. It doesn't, it's not 100%. And so I started looking online, because at this point I was just a lack of words. But the pastor, I found the pastor of Elevation Church, and his name is Stephen Furtick. 
And he said a story one day. He was preaching a sermon. And a man came up to him and said, you know, I wish I could have faith like you. And I wish I could believe in God like you. But I'm just the kind of guy that always doubts and has these doubts in my mind. Well, the pastor told him, said, you know, you can believe. I mean, anybody can believe. Those doubts don't matter. But he took a step back and explained that this man thought that faith was the absence of doubt. When in all reality, faith isn't the absence of doubt, it is the means to overcome that doubt. So, finally I have a definition of my faith. Faith is not the absence of doubt, it's how I overcome it. And so I wanted to take that a little further and say that doubt and struggles don't ruin my faith, but they strengthen my faith. And so, and a lot of people, they don't really like it when you say that, so well, I can read the Bible, but I still doubt it. I mean, Alan can teach me a lesson, he can still doubt it. And not many people really realize that, but I do know there's a man in this book that walked on water, he fed the 5,000, 4,000, and he loved me so much that he gave his life. I'm sorry, but I doubt that all the time, because there's nothing special about me, but that is just amazing. So doubts don't always have to be bad. And the most important thing I read or I figured out Doubts are important, but don't let those doubts be your dead ends. You see, as a Christian, my faith can get stuck in neutral when I read the Bible here and there, I go out in the world, and then I get piled up with stuff. My faith gets stuck in neutral, and the devil hits me as hard as he can. But it says in James 1, chapter 1, 2 through 4, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. And in the above, above the scripture says James is a servant of God, and he's a wise man. So James obviously sees the danger of having doubts and disbeliefs becoming dead ends. But God says here that we need to go through this stuff to be mature and complete. And the part of being mature and complete, I have to go through this stuff so I can help others, and not just me only. But Because God does not come to me in the easiest times of my life. He's not with me. I mean, he's with me always, but I'm not going to hear him when I'm just happy and everything's going good. God hits us in the hard times, so it actually means something to us. God doesn't like to do things the easy way. You know, God gave the devil domain over the earth, and obviously he attacks us from all angles, but God likes to come in when it seems like we don't have any more faith or any more hope. But, and the biggest thing I've learned through all this, through my own journey, at the end of the day, when I think my faith isn't enough, when I think that I'm done, my doubts are a sign of my growth. The closer I get to God, the more questions I have. And that's part of that relationship in faith. My questions aren't a bad thing. I mean, I can doubt. I doubt that a man loves me so much he'd risk his life. He gave his life for me. And that's a beautiful thing. That's not necessarily the bad thing that most people think it is. But like I said earlier, if you don't have doubts, you might be reading the Bible, but you're not living it. Because if we take it for what it is, then it doesn't mean anything to us. Like, it's easy to just read it and pass by all this, but doubts are a part of the growth we need. So, the triumph of my faith is not the absence of doubt, 
is the ability for the light to shine in the deepest, darkest parts of my life. My faith isn't something I can show off because it's bulletproof. It's not. There's so many holes in it. But God tends to like to use things that are broken to make things whole. Because I'm a broken person with a broken faith. But somehow I'm going to end up in heaven. I mean, that's an amazing thing. And so at the end of this journey, I felt I figured out the triumph of my fate is to say I have doubts, but I'm going to trust him anyway. The devil's going to come in and say, well, you're standing on this unsolid ground. Your beliefs have so many holes in them. The world's going to tell you you're crazy. Well, at the end of the day, it's not my job to say you're wrong. They're right. There's nothing 100% proof about the faith in God, but it's the fact that we're going to say I trust him anyway because I'm not in control. And so even when I lose a family member, I can say I trust him anyway. When I'm broken by fear, I'm going to trust him anyway. When I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to trust him anyway. And when I can't understand the plan he has for me, I'm still going to trust him anyway. And when I can't shake the sin that drags me down, I trust him anyway. And that is the triumph of my faith. Not a doubtless faith, but one that doesn't give in. So in the end, my faith isn't this great, marvelous, and invincible thing. Quite honestly, in a lot of areas, my faith is riddled with holes. But even when it is riddled with holes, I stand on it firmly and say, I trust him anyway, and that is the strength of my faith. I'm going to close in prayer now. Dear God, we thank you for this day and this wonderful opportunity to be in your house and to just lead worship. I thank you for all those that put themselves out there and just listen to your calling and just lay worship today and just all the people that are here. We ask that you would just be with us throughout the day. Just keep us safe and continue to honor and glorify you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
That was great, guys. If y'all please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning for giving all these youth their chance to just praise you and use their talents to play music and sing. And thank you for helping Clay give a great sermon and showing how much we've grown with our week at camp last week or whenever we did. Thanks again for all the blessings you've given us and please lift up all the unspoken and spoken prayer requests and stay with our team in Guatemala this week. We love and praise you. Amen.